0: Audio. Hey, don't scare me, I'm in the trunk, I ain't sorry. Natural bone killer that's left with the enemy. Wyclef. God damn, that's a good record. Remember when Wyclef put out a hip-hop album? What else was on there? Oh yeah, he had Gone Till November on there. That was the Carnival with the Refugee All-Stars. Been listening to the Fugees lately. I guess we'll just get into it. Welcome to Book of Murdoch. Ah, the Fugees... What's their big hit record? The Fugees had that album called The Score. Give yourself a spin on that, bitch. Vinyl, though, right? Like, set the mood. Sun's going down. Maybe the sun's down. Got the good vibe lights on, you know, when you're bringing the missus home. And <laughs> got the good candles going. Put that record on. It's not a sex record. It's just a great record. I learned today that Oakley, who is one of the stars of the Home Slice cast, hates the Fugees. I swear to God, I'm going to be in his studio at like 7.30 in the morning to debate with them. You learn these things about these people who you love. Mark Houston, one of those unfunny drunks over at Whiskey at Work, uh, that guy hates the Beatles. Can't believe we have these people working at this fantastic company. Uh, you want to start there? Let's start there. Let's start on some take backs. There's some things we're supposed to talk about the Velociraptor, but i i mean, you know, running a company here. We'll get to it. Maybe next time. Do you have to watch it, though? Give yourself a Velociraptor spin. We'll get it done. I'll tell you why I didn't get it done. I was supposed to do it this last weekend. Ozark. Ozark got in the way. I just, I couldn't, you know, I had, I watched the last season of Ozark. Love the way it ended, by the way. I'm not going to give you any spoilers. But, like, if you haven't started the new season or if you're in the middle of the new season of, of holy shit, man. You can't, you know, there's, like, this, this, is, how, this is how the show, the, the, like, you can watch a lot of shows and you, and you have an instinct to fuck around on your phone because you're addicted to it, right? Ozark commands that you pay attention to it. It's not so good you pay attention to it. It's so good it commands you pay attention to it because it's so stressful. Oh, man, that was a good show. Anyways, Jason Bateman is the reason I couldn't watch uh, Pastor. You can yell at him. Uh, what else do you want to do? Let's do some take back. Oh, you know what my first take back is? Last episode that I just put online um, and it's, you know, I, I recorded it like three weeks. It was in the middle of the Supreme Court deal. And I, I couldn't remember Ketanji Brown Jackson's name, uh, the new Supreme Court judge. And as a way to not have to look it up, I said, I don't know if I can remember it. That was bullshit. You can take a time to learn the name of the first black Supreme, uh, female Supreme Court member. That's not that tough, right? I was being a little lazy. So I, you know, retraction, quick apology. Ketanji Brown Jackson. Not that, it's not like it's Ahmed ben Dijajad or whatever his name was from Iran. Um, what else have we got cooking? You know what you're going to, you're going to hear today. You're going to hear the three life-changing visits I've had to the Olive Garden in my lifetime. The first time, uh, the, the first story you're going to hear these are not in chronological order. These are just the three most important, by maybe importance. And no, it's not true either. Just three of the most life-changing visits I've ever had to Olive Garden. And the first time I almost died. Because it wasn't the visit to the Olive Garden. Also, I want to make sure I'm not blaming Olive Garden for this. But whatever I ate before I went to Olive Garden an hour after Olive Garden, um, directly came back out and I was in the mall I was in a mall. Imagine walking into a mall. You're in whatever, Claire's or, or the, you're outside of the orange Julius. And all of a sudden your body tries to kill you from the inside out. And you have to go to a mall bathroom to take care of some business on more than an end. Let's put it that way can you imagine a worse place to be? And, and, and the only thing that I think about when I think about that is Olive Garden, because that's, that, that's all that it was. It was just Olive Garden, just Olive Garden coming back out. Olive Garden. And it was a life-changing visit because I didn't I therefore then, not boycotted Olive Garden, just couldn't eat at Olive Garden. It's not like I didn't want to go to Olive Garden, but I didn't go. Years I didn't go. Years and years until last week. And you'll hear about that upcoming. Life-changing visits to the Olive Garden. Hmm. <laughs> um. What else do I got to update you? Oh, yeah, we're in the middle of take-backs. I'm getting ahead of myself with the Olive Garden's. Um, Last episode, we were talking about the South Dakota Attorney General. And, you know, I was just kind of apologizing for him not getting uh, impeached. But turns out he got impeached. And I heard he's going to, or not impeached, he's going to have a Senate hearing. I think he's going to get his ass booted. So you remember when I said, you know, South Dakota, while it might not look like it's going to do the right thing, just, you know, calm your tits and know that we're not all dumb idiots. Turns out we're going to prove that because they're probably going to, You know, indict him. Better late than never. I'll admit, but I gotta say, we wouldn't have had to deal with any of this stuff if you'd have just resigned. It's super weird. That's super local to South Dakota. Those of you city folks listening. Um, if this is your first episode, by the way, um, the last episode there was a great story about forbidden love and pig intestines. So maybe you give episode forty-five a spin. I think this is forty-six and okay yeah i got a on the last episode i had to give credit to them unfunny drunks over <laughs> over at whiskey at work cuz they have the most listened to podcast on the podcast network i can't believe i have to say this but i'm actually pretty happy about this one bounced from the roadhouse so we have so on our, on the cast of home slice we have a cast and that cast exists of a lot of different shows and people and writers and makers and doers and they're pretty all pretty funny and one of them was this brandon and amy they do a show uh it's a syndicated show called the roadhouse and they do a best of podcast and that son of a bitch is the second most listened to podcast i am bronze i'm third like i seriously this is why this is i you know i learned this today you know why i'm recording because this is happening (laughs) third this is embarrassing I don't – again, though, I'm happy for Brandon and Amy. You should go – you should search Bounced from the Roadhouse on your favorite podcast player, and you should pick it up. You should also listen to one. It's called The Daily Slice. Uh, I guess for you city people, just fast forward five, six minutes, we'll just get through it. For those of you that are closer to the geography, right, the audience is a little split. For those of you around Western South Dakota and the beautiful Black Hills, there's a podcast called The Daily Slice. And it gives you like four minutes of here's what the fuck what's happening. You don't need to worry about watching cable news or following the news or, oh, my God, you get five minutes every morning, 7 a.m. And you're updated and you can just be Informed, and you don't have to. It doesn't have to drag you down every day of your life, so you can get the goddamn news. You don't need your uncle's fucking weirdo Thanksgiving Facebook post to get your news. Just listen to a few minutes a day. Search for the Daily Slice. Those of you city people, you can listen. You want to hear what's going on over in the hinterlands? Here, you might you might find it entertaining as well. Um, speaking of Mark Houston, who does have I hate to admit the most listened to podcast on the Home Slice Podcast Network. That guy, I, like, he parks backwards. Do you know those people who pull into the lot and pull in backwards? He's one of those guys, and he hates the Beatles. And you people have made him the number one listen podcast. I'm almost like this is more your fault than mine. I think is. I think is what I'm saying. All right. Um, boom, 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 boom. so let's talk a little shop, right? Those of some of you that listen to this show, you're in the media game. A lot of you are content creators, but some of you are on the revenue side, and that's fancy talk for you're on the side that asks people for money. Um, let's talk a little shop. I'm talking to you people. I had an interesting um email conversation back and forth. So an agency is looking for some media schedules for an older demo. Hey, what do you think? And this is who we want to hit and this is and it's people aged 45 to 55 and this is what we're looking for. 55, plus, I don't quite remember what the specifics were. Oh yeah, I do this product and that product and you know, not for nothing, and you know, across the aisle, not not home sliced products, but other here's great other products. They gave a whole. Here's what you do. Here's option A, option B. That's some good ideas. Basically, you know, not being an asshole about it, but like if I was in your job, here's here's what I would do. Doing this job for him a little bit, not for him a little bit, but just you know, here's my suggestion. Days go by, get an answer back. Hey, you know, we we talked to this and talked to that. Turns out we just you know are looking for the most amount of people. So who's 18 plus? Can you tell me what, uh, what, what, what group of products reaches a demographic of 18 plus? And like, I'm talking to a few of you when I say this, but I'm sure this is translatable to every version of everybody's company. If that's what the second back that's not a demo. That's everybody. A demographic as defined as a very a specific niche of the whole, right? A piece of the pie, a slice, not the whole pie. If you come back and ask for the whole pie later, it tells everybody in this game something. You screwed up the pitch to the client. You couldn't defend what you were trying to pitch. Therefore, it's not going to run how it's asked. That's and and, and and that is the disconnect between the agency and the broadcast world that the agencies are wrong about um, because there's not enough, you know, interactivity between it, right? Like, I just... 18 plus isn't a demo. That's just taking a shot in the dark. Save your money. Like it, it you those of you in the revenue business, you got to learn how to t- t- how to not sell that, right? Like everybody every every business has had this problem. You get a good-looking client bought to buy your widgets or your media or your content or whatever it is, however you can relate to this. And then a week goes by and you check in because this is a pretty good deal. You want it to happen. And then you get an email back. Well, you know, we talked about it. And we want the same thing for a a tenth of the money. And, you know, let's hope to God and pray for rain, shall we? I think if you want to last in this business long term, you got to start to say no to those things. Um Especially if you're in a traditional media that still has value. That's that's how that, that all your that is the equivalent of watching the grocery cart checkout machines replace you over time because they because if you're not going to at least stand up and say well you're not doing it right, all that's going to happen is this this is having a million everybody who's who's sold media for a living. Has had the following problem. Okay, those of you on that who have nothing to do with media, but you think you fancy yourself a good, good at advertising business owner, I'm, maybe I'm talking to you too. This is what happens. Hey, you know, money's no object. We want to do this right. This is what's going to happen. I'm going to, you know, do this and do it right, and we're looking for all the money in the or all the all the leads we can, and blah blah blah. And then you know, you see what the proposal is. And you've been trained to like, well, you know, I got to get a deal. And and all you really focus on is the money down. And you don't really understand that if you bring the money down, all you're going to do is just get less media, right? So, like, the message that you're trying to get out there, you think you're getting the message out there. But you ground the money down. Now no one's going to hear it or see it or feel it or touch it. And you're kind of losing the point, right? And and But, like, people in my position, we you know, we're still trying to you know, do the best we can. And every company in the capitalistic world needs to generate revenue. So, you know, you take those deals. Again, just like everyone else, hoping to God, praying for rain. And uh, then 90 days go by, maybe at best. And then the client goes, I'm not seeing shit from this. This isn't working. And instead of going, yeah, I know. I fucking told you that 90 days ago and you're underspending it. We go... As a habit, not every time, but like as a habit, the industries kind of go, oh, boo, 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 you're right. I'm so sorry. How do we fix it? How do I keep the little bit of money that isn't working now? No, take that money and go go put it on Black 28 and Blackjack because you're underspending the market. And I told you this 90 days ago. And if you want to do it right, do it right. And you don't have to be an asshole about it, right? Like I sound like I'm being half mean. I don't mean it that way at all. It's... I guess my point is 18 and up isn't a demographic, so if you want to reach 18 and up, you have to put 18 and up money in it. If you're going to do 18 and up, but you're going to put 55 and up money in it, you better not be bitchy to the person delivering it because you approve the broken system. On that note, you know what I've been watching on TikTok? Horse chiropractors. How about a a palate cleanse? I'm not kidding, man. If you're on TikTok, search horse chiropractors. Like a dude, I follow a horse chiropractor. And, like, he gets in there and he puts this horse in, like, a, you know, Macho Man Randy Savage, like, suplex headlock. And then he, like, kind of, like, you can hear the horse's fucking neck crack like you hear the horse and then the horse like shakes his head and is all likes it and doesn't kick him in the face like the horse enjoys it and that's and that's that's the job but that by the way like we were talking to business a few minutes ago you same revenue people i was just being bitchy to think about this hey ted the rancher my name's Murdoch, yes, I am a I'm a horse chiropractor. Oh yeah, you know, just like when your hips a little out of place, there, fella, and you go to the doctor and he puts you on the on the bed and you go breathe in, breathe out, clickety clack. Yeah, I want to do that to old glue factory over there, cause it's gonna. What are the benefits of horse? Let's look. Oh shit, watch this. I'm gonna uh, listen, man. I don't mean to be cocky, and asshole. Give me about three minutes googling some horse chiropractor, and I think I could be a pretty good sales guy for it. Horse chiropractor. Holy shit, there's, there's like, oh, no, never mind. I thought I was going to find multiple horse chiropractor. Do horses really need a chiropractor? Okay, e- equine chiropractic. <laughs> equine. Boy, you city folks are not getting a lot. I've been real pro city the last couple episodes, but you're getting full fucking country on this one, man. E- equine chiropractic, general principles and applications. Oh, this is like a textbook. I, like I need the BuzzFeed version of this. Again, you people aren't going to pay attention to me trying to learn about horse chiropractic and equine benefits. What horse owner, Zealand? That's the type of site I'll take my trusted information from. Um, what are the benefits? One of the most beneficial outcomes of regular horse chiropractic adjustments is an increase in range of motion. Hmm. How does that help the horse? Shit, I don't... I might not be as good as I think I am because I don't know shit about horses. Most athletic injuries occur when a horse is slightly off balance. Compensating. Regular chiropractic adjustments help horses to maintain their natural... Ba- Fucking, once again, man, I think we might have a new bit on our hands. What was the... What was the last episode? We were talking about where white people will buy anything? Fucking, yeah. Last episode... It was glamping survival bunkers, right? Like, hey, I want to make sure I survive the bombs that dropped. But while I'm there, I'd like to lay on some thousand (laughs) thread count sheets and like have some harvested organic peaches canned. That's (laughs) sounds insane, right? But like not to not to a certain demographic, and that demographic generally is white people. And here, as uh, exhibit. I will offer to you equ- <laughs> equine chiropractic. I know, oh man. I'm open to, like, if you think I sound dumb as shit because I'm picking on horse chiropractors, you can you can find me on whatever social media you follow me on. Mm-hmm. And maybe I'll answer. We'll put it into a take but... Again, I'm not, listen, this this is what I love about the free market. If Rancher Ted, he's got the cash and he thinks his crackety crack on the horse's neck is going to help, you know, fix fence or whatever. Maybe it's a rodeo thing. I don't know. Rodeo thing makes sense. The whole rodeo industry is built on obscene amounts of money that I can't track in any way, shape, or form in any KPI. So, (laughs) So it makes sense that this would totally pan out as a rodeo thing. From when, from the very little I know about the rodeo business, like when you got to burst and put a team out there, I, I, you know, from what I've heard, that kind of sport where you're like, you know, we've lost the three million bucks this year on this deal. What, do, what, do, what do we got to do? I think we got to spend three hundred thousand dollars more on making sure old Beaver Pelt here gets and cracked in the hip every three weeks. <laughs> that all that being said, I got to tell you super fascinating in, in TikTok form. I'm here for it. I love I want to hear every horse spine get cracked and cricked. Um the second time I went to Olive Garden and it was a life changing moment was just this last week. You know why? I got to I got to be waited on by one of my boys, I got to, I got, I got to tell you, man, I almost broke out crying in Olive Garden two or three times because I was just so goddamn proud of him. And like, you know, he's just doing a good job refilling breadsticks and stuff. He did call, sorry, Olive, hey, sorry, Olive Garden for the the, you know, it's it's real fucking dodgy in in you know, Olive Garden anymore, man. My boy called it a corral for fat people, which is not at all fair or nice, but pretty funny. Um. I don't know, man. it's a I didn't. I don't remember. I don't remember Olive Garden being so dodgy. You know, bail—like a bail bondsman would do real good in in the in the lobby of an Olive Garden, I think, just handing out cards. Like it, you know. Maybe it was just the night. I don't mean. I'm not picking on that. On you know, maybe not all Olive Gardens are like this, but I don't know. It sure seemed like they could have like a lunch special for. <laughs> I don't know. Hey, are you in a? Hey, are you in a custody deposition today? You can get 15% off at our Olive Garden lunch, because we know what kind of stress that's like. (laughs) We're going to jam 38,000 calories of cheese and margarine down your throat, and then here's some fucking linguine. It's, It's a ton of food. I was so surprised by how much food it was. I, the reason I'm putting it in is my second most important, not most important, but one of the life changing visits I've had to Olive Garden this is because, dead, and I'm just putting this in there to make him cry. <laughs> this is like if I had to weep at Olive Garden. Gotcha. However, hope that I hope it's a hundred years later. But as you're listening to this right now, I hope you have your tears running out of your eyes because I was so proud of you. I was so proud of you. <laughs> gotcha. Also, you know, make sure you train how to fight because it looks like this. If the social contract breaks down, it will start at the at the Olive Garden Expo Station. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, shit. They had a great, Olive Garden had a great ad campaign in the 90s. Remember the, remember when it was like, it was, it was like the, the, the happy hour, you know, the 2 p.m. ditch the kids women happy hour ad campaign, right? Like, it'd be like a good looking server and here comes your endless, you know, here's there's a never ending bowl of breadsticks. Brenda, shut the fuck up and put something in your mouth. And then you know, tell tell Tim at the golf course he can he can make dinner tonight. Karen, and, fuck Tim. Karen and I are having breadsticks and wine. And you you know you drink like whatever shitty wine they have there. And and like you know it was, that's that was the campaign. Like it was before though when you're here your fam- before when you're here your family. I kind of remember Olive Garden is like. Fuck Ted. He doesn't do anything. Go get drunk at two o'clock, Karen. Man, I could be making this up in my head. Um, About 24-ish minutes in before uh, we got to talk about politics, I guess. But I got, you know, here's something I noticed that was gross last week. So they lifted the mask mandate uh, in airports and airplanes. Now you don't have to wear a mask if you don't want to. And like uh, first of all, I don't I, you know, I'm I'm not a huge mask guy by nature. You know, I'm I'm wear it when you need to wear it and like you know, uh, but I might keep a mask in an airplane. More, more it's a privacy thing. Like you put a mask on, no one I don't have to hear about fucking lefty's trip from Fargo. You know, like I don't. Headphones in, mask on. Like the whole thing could be a private experience. But here's it. it I'm in the center of conservatism here. I get conservativeness. Is that a proper way to say it? But 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 I sure felt like maybe this is a nationwide thing too. I don't. I guess this is the point where me as a Republican is going to pick on Republicans. Why are you acting like it's a victory for Republicans? It's not. It's it's sure not. Maybe I don't. Maybe I don't have enough knowledge of politics to know why it is. I guess I'm open to that. But like all my re- Republican friends were like, "Yeah, fuck the Democrats. We don't have to wear a mask anymore." Like, really? That's that's the answer. That's our that's our leadership. That's our. I don't know. It seems stupid to like claim victory for it. You know what I liken it to? I liken it to when the other side is like, well, fuck them, let them die if they don't want the vaccine. Like, really? That's your position? That That's equally as, well, more stupid in this case because mask is just mask. But like, it, I don't know. I just don't. I don't understand where it was a victory for Republicans. Like, it wasn't, like, a regulation thing. The CDC said, like, hey, man, you might not have to do this if it passes this, that, and the other. And then all of a sudden it was, like, weaponized one way or the other. And the same thing with people who are like, oh, look at them all, not wearing their masks. They're going to die. No, man, most of these people are all vaccinated. If you're hopping on a plane, you're probably vaccinated. And we still can't address the real problem. Like, hey, man, if you're old and you're really fat, this thing is for you. And, like, you got to wear your mask and you got to get all the shots. And, like, that's all the deal. But, like, you know, everybody else is okay. That still doesn't, you don't need to rub their face in it. You know what I mean? The more you make it about a Republican victory, the less you can make it about what would actually help people. Is making sure we're taking care of the old people and the really sick people and the immunodeficient people and the you know. And I'm not trying to be mean about it, but like this thing's killing fat people by the tons. <laughs> so like maybe that can be a conversation without anybody getting fat shaped about it. Jesus Christ! Bill Maher said it on a show a month ago, and all of a sudden the woke left is treating him like he's you know cancer filled. He's like, oh my God, look at him! He sounds just like a Republican. No, man, that's called disagreement with you. He's trying—I don't know. I gotta tell you, man, if you're a Republican and you've been trained to think Bill Maher is the devil, you might want to give that show a spin. And I—I I don't think. Maybe you just turn into your sixties and you can't help it. But it sure seems like he might be able to transition that, and maybe he has a point or two. I guess I'm talking to my younger liberal friends. None of all who listen to this show, unless they listen to it to get mad. I don't know. Why I spend a lot of time picking on Republicans, though. It's not a victory for you. Just wear your mask or not. I don't know. My this could be all wrapped up in like I think my testosterone level is at as at, at a real. It's it. My testosterone level has dropped to pacifism. And so maybe I just think you're being an asshole about masks because I just I've been doing so much yoga, I just want everyone to be cool and hang, but <clears throat> no, no, It is also I think that's why forty percent of my internet is telling me to increase my testosterone, which makes me think that's why I'm saying this. So see, it's all advertising. Almost everyone's in a retargeting campaign, you just don't know it. <laughs> uh that's a victory. We don't have to wear it. Yeah, wolves well, not cheap. Hey, not for nothing. And like, I know I've spent... I'm trying not to. I, re- I swear I am trying to not talk about Donald Trump in this podcast at all. I would rather never mention him again. And like, I know some of you are for him, I guess, still. But... I gotta tell you, man, it came out today, like, during the, so, like, during all the Black Lives Matters protests, I guess he was asking Defense Secretary, or no, the the former Defense Secretary is the one who outed him, but, like, I guess he was asking military people if he could just shoot protesters, like, in the leg and the feet, um you know, if you compare that to the other protests that happened in January that was not filled with minorities and people of color, um, you know, just on a PR level without taking a political position, I'd tell you to read the fucking room. Um, but on the flip note, it's like, it's a real, it's a real eighties action movie version of like police justice like you should you could see the Clint Eastwood movie like I shot you in the leg so you could face justice like re- really just shoot him in the feet that's your answer shoot him in the feet and this is the person you're still saying has the wherewithal to make up reasons that he won an election shoot him in the leg I, again this isn't me pro this isn't like I say that and then everyone goes yeah but Joe Biden senile and whatever yeah but He's not trying to shoot fucking protesters who are there trying to prove a point that because they are people of color, they are getting executed at at like a 20 X or whatever the number is times. The answer maybe in that moment shouldn't be, well, can't you just shoot them in the leg? I don't believe that's a liberal position. I believe that's a reasonable position, but maybe not. Hey, 25 minutes in before you got a preachy bitchy lesson from me. That's not bad. The first time I went to Olive Garden, it was to it was to break up with a girl. Here's a story from al Sister. Actually, this is a transition. This is when I, yeah, I was kind of from El Sister So, like, it was a – she was a real volatile – you know, I was a kid. I was 18 and, like, didn't know anything because I grew up in a town of 700. (laughs) I didn't know – I didn't understand. There's a part of every – have you seen the internet video, the hot crazy matrix, right? That thing has been around for a million years. Um it keeps getting reshared and reshared because there's a little bit of truth to it. Like there's a part of testosterone that's an evil, lonely, terrible decision-making uh, glob of 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 mistakes. <laughs> um, and you know, I couldn't. I You don't. You don't. You're just happy someone's bringing you to the dance. You're not necessarily at 18 before you know anything or know anybody. You know, I think that's a pretty normal thing. You're just generally happy that anyone has said yes um, to let you have sex with them or, and hang out with them, right? So, like, you know, I didn't see all of the, maybe in today's terms, what would be called red flags. Uh, but I but I did know, I did have enough wherewithal at the time to, like, not want to do it in private because I was a little afraid. And so I, <laughs> so I picked the Olive Garden to do it. I'm pretty sure she knew too. She's like, this fucking dumbass is bringing me to Olive Garden. I got to I got to put on an outfit and be surrounded by rednecks to get dumped." Dude, what a what a dick move that was. My bad. Don't do that. Don't take your don't take your girlfriend. Teenagers listening to this show, don't take your girlfriend to Olive Garden and and break up with her. Um that's where you have your custody hearing. <laughs> I know I was an asshole about it, but you know, to be fair, um, I did I did contract a sexual disease while dating her. My that was my first one. That woman gave me syphilis. Syphilis, I think. Oh, look at that. There's a there's a stark admission. So I wasn't like completely in the wrong. You know what I mean? I was just way. It was so much punk rock and drugs and like sex shops, and I was so Lutheran. I was so I you know I was wearing. Doc Martens, but not in, a, not in I was wearing them as a preppy kid, and not as a punk rocker, you know? I don't know what I was doing. <laughs> yeah, I know. You shouldn't publicly admit that you picked that up as you are a teenager, but, you know, I was a teenager. I thought a breadstick and some soup might ease the pain of <laughs> hearing some bad news and i thought well there aren't real sharp steak knives at olive garden so if i'm gonna get stabbed it won't break the skin um all right let's do a st- <laughs> let's do a real story from my sister and then i'll i'll wrap this up i um so i was in denver over the i've been i've been doing uh, some traveling I was in Denver, by the way. I saw LP, who is an artist um, that is great, and I put some of her songs. Sorry, on uh, my Spotify, my Book of Murdoch Spotify playlist. I, you know, again, maybe I've been doing so much yoga, and my my testosterone level has dropped to pacifist. But like, I cried at that show twice. It was amazing. It was so good. Um, if you get a chance to see LP um, on a stage, take it you will not be disappointed. I don't care what your taste in music is. There are just some artists that will, um, grab you, you know, and it doesn't like, you might not be a hip hop fan, but you might see somebody who's just a legend. Right. And like, yeah, that's, that's what I saw last week. Um, anyways, so I'm dinking around. I was in Denver and I'm, and I'm dry. I love, Denver's one of my favorite cities. A, because it's close to us here, but Maybe the one I've been to the most, right, as far as a city city goes. You real city people are like, Denver's not a city. Denver's a suburb. I get it. You guys can have your petty differences aside. I like Denver. And uh, I was uh, up and down Colfax and, and, you know, the downtown of it all. And I had the strongest memory, and this is why you're getting this as a story from Alcester. So those of you rural kids that listen to this and now you're a grown-up, I don't know if this – maybe it still happens. I didn't bring my kids up to be particularly religious like I was brought up. But I remember going on a religious missions trip to downtown Denver when I was in high school. And, you know, you like – I think it was a – was it a Baptist thing? I think it was a Baptist thing. That sounds pretty Baptist, doesn't it? So, like, you pile 20 kids in a van or two, right? And, like, you head down to – Denver and you stay in like a church and you, and, and (laughs) the go. let me tell you the good version of it. Right. So you go down there and you volunteer. They just say, when you get sold on it, you're like, when you tell mom and dad, like, Hey man, we're going to eat 300 bucks and we're going to Denver and we're going on a missions trip. How you get your mom and dad to sign off is like, Oh, we're going down to do volunteer work. We're going down to do the Lord's work. And like to me, that always meant like we're gonna go, you know, feed people and like, um, do nice things for people who are are in an unfortunate situation, right? Like, I'm not, I'm not saying I had all of this depth in my teens. I'm just telling you how I remember it now. Okay, so that, that's what that's what you go down there for. But you know what I remember? I didn't remember like doing good things. First off, the first thing I remember was making out with a with a girl I met from Minnesota. <laughs> That's like, if you want to know what my first memory was, what jogged the entire thing was a pretty blonde. And I met in high school. But when, then you started thinking about the real things and I didn't think of the good works we did. This is, this is my current version of my memory so you get there and you see your bunks and you meet all the other kids from other towns. Cause it's like a, you know, they're trying to get Baptists and knock up other Baptists or whatever. And, like, first off, I wasn't Baptist. I was just there because it's something to do. You grew up in Elcester. You're going to Denver. Cool. Let's go to Denver. Yeah, but it's for a Baptist mission strip. Whatever, man. It's not the town of 700. I'll take it. Give me some culture. So you go to Denver, and uh, you, the first thing I remember, you meet all the other people and sing your songs and have a sloppy joe. And then you get a tour of the of the awful, like, this is this is the shitty part now. I gave you the good part. You get a tour of poverty, I guess. Like as I look on it now, you get two things that I think are highly unnecessary in a mission's trip to do good deeds. You get a healthy recruitment spiel and, <laughs> and you get a tour of poverty in a in a in a real like scared straight kind of way, like listen, Baptist white kids, if you do crack, you're going to end up Dominican and in on coal fat so that was the real vibe of it all that's how I'm remembering it now like how come we couldn't just go do the tour how come we had to go do like ooh look at how good you have it first like that's fucked up right um I don't know I just like the recruitment spiel I listen I get why they do the recruitment spiel because it works right you're it's a it's a room full of impressionable 15 to 17 year olds. And, and I'm not kidding, man, like you go to church and I'm not, I sound like I'm, I guess I am shit talking it a little bit, but like, I remember it being really nice at the time. Like it was meaningful. It was spiritual. You felt good about yourself and your people and everything. Right. And, uh, but like, it was also a little bit of a contest to see who could be the most saved because like, make, make no mistake. I'm still trying to impress the the blonde girl from Minnesota who I'm never going to see again, even though emails, a thing that exists now. And like. It's a little bit of a saved contest to see you can be the you know, it it stays that way when you go home. This is the other thing I'm remembering about a high school mission trip to look at all the poverty. You it'd be a contest a little bit to see (laughs) who could remain uh, holy. I guess is how we put it. So like you get back from your Denver mission trip where you helped all the people right, and you just be your 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 cup runneth over with how great you are. And uh, instead of, you know, just actually feeling good that you help people missing the whole fucking point at 16, but at 16, you're filled with nothing but testosterone and self-interest. So you're back home to your little town of 700 and it, for the first like week, right? Like, especially for the first few days, you get back and you'd be like, nah, man, Denver, there was something, there was something about Denver that stuck. And so like, you'd be, you know, in the summertime in El Sister. Six out of the seven nights a week, you would pile in a car and drink beer, or you'd go to the river and drink beer. You'd call it fishing, or you'd call it cruising the loop, but you're really just going to drink beer, smoke weed. And so for the first few days, you'd be like, nah, man, you know, it's just me and JC. We don't need a Bud Light can in between us. And then the kind of the weekend would come by, and you'd lose a few, you know. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> the, the old holiness count would just drop one by one because someone would decide to do beer bongs and, you know, try to touch a nipple. Oh, uh, God. You would do so, you do do i By the way, I'd be the worst at it, right? Just wouldn't shut the fuck up about a holy edit. I did. Friday night, I'd be like, yeah, I'd rather be cool by drinking this beer. Or you know you you know you're trying to get laid in the '90s. That's all you'd spend you know like at 6:30 p.m. Just you you just start thinking about having sex. <laughs> <laughs> oh God damn it! Religion didn't work. Give me that Coors light. Um, I was gonna be a priest. I've ever talked about that. There's about a year ish where I was really I was really determined uh, to be a Catholic priest um, a bunch of different reasons. I wanted to, it was something my grandma or my grandparents would have really liked. And, and like, you know, you go, you remember when you go through those moments in high school where you're like, I need a new image. I need a new, (laughs) I need a new thing. What's my new thing. I'm not, you know what I mean? I wasn't like, I I couldn't, I couldn't, I'm in the middle, so I couldn't quite be the handsome one. And like you know, class clowny, but not, but it didn't have my, didn't have the chops yet, didn't have the swagger, didn't have the confidence yet. Um, certainly couldn't have at sixteen have claimed to been an athlete as so I was shaped a little bit like a pear. Um, you know, late bloomer, so I still, like, I had all my eight year old baby fat still at sixteen. Yeah, I, 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 priest. You know what I mean? That was gonna be my. I'm like, I can be a Catholic priest. You get to wear. <laughs> I'm being funny about it now, but like, I'm, you know. Look at the cool outfits you get to wear and the whole room's gotta listen to you you could just you can just command the room stand up sit down like it started all you know a little a little like oh look at the pomp and circumstance of it all I get to be the big deal and you know and then it turned into real you know like there was a part of me that realized you couldn't just fake the funk so I was like okay let's really let me you know I was confirmed and baptized and all that thing. So let's dig into it a little bit. Let's get into the epistemology of it all. Let's let's talk about it. But then, you know, a year goes by and, and you know, when Jesus didn't work, Bud Light did. And I touched a nipple. Out the door the priesthood went. My grandmother Peg, who's in a home right now to this day, who can't remember everybody's name but can remember most people's names, can remember she's still pretty mad about that. She li- She almost had one family full of wild dudes wild sons you know feral whatever we're all a bunch of hillbillies and she almost got one to the cloth i don't know better story i guess i guess i had better stories with the girl who gave me syphilis who i broke up with at olive garden than i did with the cloth i think we're all better off right (laughs) that's right my mother listens to this show sorry about that Rhonda. Sorry about the syphilis, Mom. That's Book of Murdoch. Why don't you give this show a share, a listen, a like. You can tell your friends. Um, now that I'm the third most listened to podcast on this network, I guess we got to get after it. Oh, I think we're going to put this on. Uh, so we here at the Home Slice Group, we've got six badass radio stations. One of them is Real Rock 100.3 The Fox. I think we're going to start putting that show this show on that station on Saturday nights. So, like, you know, tell all your friends. We gotta become the not third most listened to podcast. We gotta. We, I mean, I you know, I kind of want Amy, Amy, and Brandon to keep the top spot, but we at least have to. You know, there's a couple of unfunny drunks who don't deserve the top spot. Let's get after it a little bit. Why don't you do your part and tell a friend about this show? Tell them to search for Book of Murdoch in their favorite podcast player. I'll see you guys later. It's time for the credits. I need to cut some credits. The Book of Murdoch. This has been a Home Slice audio production. This particular credits was recorded in Studio 2A. Executive producer is Mark. (laughs) He's in my cell phone as Mark fucking Houston. Executive producers Mark Usan, engineering Chris Jaquez. I think it's Jaquez. I call him Jaquez, and he is certainly the smartest man at Home Slice when it comes to technical abilities. I'm Murdoch. I wrote this. Uh, photo and videography by Russ Danger Hadden, and all graphic design done by our chief brand officer, Robert Tiberius Henry.